Hey, welcome to Spock Adjacent, the Michaud Missions, um, you know, once in a while chat about everything Star Trek. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. It's like the pond far of the Michaud Mission. Is that what it is? It's like that. It's not quite once every seven years, but when it comes up, ooh, it's very special. Yes. Is it savory or, um, what's the other one? Uh, sweet. Sweet. Sweet or savory. Oh, it's very savory. It's very savory. It's very savory. <laughs> <laughs> As promised, ladies and gentlemen, Vince and I have gotten together with um, with some Romulan ale, apparently. With some uh, Romulan <laughs> ale, absolutely. Absolutely. To give you our thoughts on Star Trek B Picard, the latest entry into the Star Trek universe, which very recently, uh, just I think last week, ended its 10 episode inaugural season on yes. CBS All Access. Yes. Now, Star Trek Picard um, is a show that brought one Patrick Stewart back to the house of Star Trek um, manning his own series and it was well it was it was met with you know some critical uh, accolades the, the show yeah set, absolutely set at the end of the 24th century 18 years after the events of Star Trek Nemesis with Sir Patrick Stewart reprising his iconic role Star Trek Picard revolves around retired Admiral Jean-Luc Picard, deeply affected by the loss of Lieutenant Commander Data, portrayed by Brent Spiner, and the destruction of Romulus, and steps into the next chapter of his life, which sees Picard um, becoming embroiled in a, a scheme that is that ties into the deep recesses of, you know, um, uh, Starfleet um, goes back in in time, uh, dealing with synthetics. You get all in this synthetic life forms, getting all into the the uh, the history of data. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it deals with the loss of Romulus, which happened which happened in Star Trek Nemesis, which was the last feature film of Star Trek. And what was that? That's the Kelvin universe, right? Is is that the Kirk universe? Does it, no, yeah, it's the, the Kirk, yes, right, because the Kelvin universe. Right, the Kelvin universe is the pretty model Star Trek universe. Is the J.J. Abrams right. universe. So in the, in the pre-universe, the, the right. Star Trek that we all grew up on, Right. In that universe, the last film in that universe, which was Star Trek Nemesis, which right. is where exactly. Romulus was uh, destroyed, and um, Brent Spiner, Data, uh, sacrificed himself to save John Luke Picard. Yes, he did. And, and this series, set 18 years later, uh, has Picard still dealing with the ramifications of that, and also the ramifications, uh, apparently, 
in the over this this span of 18 years where he was called to fight for the for the um the rights of synthetic life forms and there was this whole it's an insane plot we could go deep deep plot into this and i guess we'll touch on some things uh, along the way sure data has some daughters and yeah 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 because because you know as a synthetic life form like pieces of his you know mainframe or it's hardwire or software or whatever have lived on in into part two in in perpetuity and um and it it it, it goes it, it goes deep. You really, I I will say this about this show. This is a show that this I don't think holds your hand as a first time Star Trek fan. Oh you, no, you've no, got to come no. in on the ground. Not you've got to know some stuff. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and it is a show that introduces us into a whole new, a whole new uh, uh, cast that joins the show, um, Picard more or less develops his own, an, another crew, yes. if, you, if you will, on this show. Um, but it definitely has some member berries that do show up along the way from TNG and the Star Trek The Next Generation, which was uh, Patrick Stewart's um, original series of Star Trek, as well as some some faces from other Star Trek series. Absolutely. Show up on this, uh, on Star Trek Picard. Vince, what say you of Star Trek Picard? It was okay. (laughs) I can't believe it It was just okay. Look, I thought it was very competently done. Mm -hmm. I think to your point about it doesn't hold your hands. I think this is a show that very thoughtfully pulled elements from throughout primarily the next generation. Right. As you said, there, there are really two main plot points to the whole season. You, you mentioned data and, and this sort of uh, Jean-Luc Picard dealing with the memory of data and, and the ramifications of data's sacrifice. But I thought it was also really smart for them to not hand wave the destruction of Romulus. Yeah, that's true. And how that really affected the geopolitical landscape of Starfleet, Mm -hmm. where you have the Romulans displaced. You have, uh, there, there was really, it seems like there was a philosophical debate within Starfleet about what to do with the Romulans. And Jean-Luc Picard finds himself on the wrong side of history, frankly, with him saying that, you know, we need to help these people, these people are refugees, so on and so forth. You mentioned the member berries. I I will say I respect the restraint of the show so that when you do get um, Riker and Troy returning... It's not until I believe the third or fourth episode. Yeah, maybe even uh, maybe even a little later. Yeah, you you get a whole episode with them, but that's really it until a a, a brief appearance at the end mm-hmm. by Riker. Data is data data haunts basically the whole season, but Brent Spiner 
as data only shows up in the first episode and the last episode. That's you know, true. You know, there's some cutesy stuff where he plays Dr. Sung's son and, and the actor Brett Spiner shows up. And, and then, you know, as you mentioned, um, not only does it pull from Next Generation, but Jerry Ryan as Seven of Nine mm-hmm. shows up as well. Be, because the other thing that, you know, as you said, it, it revolves around synthetics, which pulls in the Borg. Right. So you get a fairly deep cut with Hugh showing up. Yes. From that great episode. But for the most part, this is a show that tried to stand on the merits of a new journey and a new crew. And in my mind, that is what made it okay for me. Because I have to say, after 10 episodes, I I just didn't connect that much with the crew. I didn't connect that much with the crew. You, you know, you have the crew. He, he ends up basically going on a spaceship where you have um, uh, Cristobal Rios played by Santiago um, Cabrias. Yeah. Who, who is the captain of the ship. He's an ex-Starfleet officer and he's kind of a rogue. And you can tell he's kind of a rogue because he reads books and he smokes cigars. <laughs> There's this, you know, there's this bit where holographic versions of him man the the ship. And and you and I have talked about this throughout where I think the show thinks that these holographic copies of him who all have different personalities. Yes, much more clever than the show thinks it is, at least to my like, I thought it was okay. I get it. But but I thought it was a, a bit much. Michelle, uh, it wasn't that, but I thought it was dude having fun, and you know it was Look, it was. You had ten episodes. You had <laughs> ten episodes. Every time they were on, I thought something else could be on the screen. Michelle Hurd <laughs> plays a former um his former officer, a former number one, who I thought it was really interesting that she represented somebody who was collateral damage to Jean-Luc Picard and his crusade. Yeah, yeah. You know, his ideals. And, and, you know, he makes these great stances, these these great sort of philosophical stances. But as she says to him in one episode, he makes a stand, but the real repercussions of the stand is that he gets to go back to his beautiful vineyard in Mm -hmm. France. Mm -hmm. Whereas her career is completely destroyed. Yeah, and then she even calls him out, you know, like, did you ever call me? Right. You know what I mean? Did you ever reach out to me? Which I actually, one of the things that I liked about this show, um, and it even does it to a degree with, like, the whole member berries when he has a conversation later on with um, with Riker. Um, and, and he's talking to Riker about the crew that he has amassed. And he's like, they feel like a little, they feel different. They feel, you know, um, a little more um, like, like damaged. And yet it is coming together, you know? And I thought that was, that was interesting in that he was noting that because of who he is now and him being one as aged as he is, he needs them so much more than he needed 
the crew before because he's not a young man. You know, he is a frail dude. He does realize that, you know, he can't be fighting these battles. So he goes and gets um, this young Vulcan boy. Uh, he's a Vulcan, right? No, no he's, he's a Romulan. Romulan, Rom- Romulan boy who um, he had a hand in kind of like, you know, raising um, and getting him to be like his his protectorate, you know? Um, and him having that commentary on that was also the show's way of comment, um, offering commentary on the crew of Star Trek Next Generation, who, if you look in the whole annals of you know Star Trek lore, next to the original series cast, they are certainly you know, the cast that is, you know, um, the most highly praised and most highly remembered and everything like that. But when you look back on that show, that that cast really was not as deep and as complicated as one might think. The reason why Data stands out so much in from that cast is because he was the only one on that cast whoever really grew, you know what I mean? Uh, who started the show at one point and ended it someplace totally different. It wasn't until, you know, uh, you get to Deep Space Nine and Voyager and shows that have followed where the cast in whole and not just the captain and maybe a couple of people, you know, just south of him were able to be developed full cloth and that is indicative on this show and them trying to give more of a truly defined uh backstory for each of these characters i like that i enjoyed it i just didn't think any of them were that interesting and then the parts that were interesting you know back to michelle hurd you know, not only is she the collateral damage, which I thought was really interesting, mm-hmm. but she's also a drug addict. And she's a bad mother. Well, she's, she's a-, a drug addict and a bad mother because she's a conspiracy theorist who just found out that the conspiracy was actually true. And again, you have 10 episodes. So all the time that they spent kind of, you know, there's a moment where she confronts her son that they haven't spoken. Yeah. And and then, you know, she, she falls off the wagon. And I just found it not... I, I felt like there were other things going on more interesting than a lot of the things on the screen. That's all. And, you know, I, I think it was... You know, the bad thing is... In my mind, the worst mistake that the show made, or or misstep rather, let's say misstep, because let's just say this, even we talk about the great next generation, first seasons are always shaky Yeah, Star Trek. Like that's that's just Star Trek tradition, that the first season is always shaky. But I have to say, I fell in love immediately with the two characters who play... Um, who played Picard's basically household staff. Yes, yes, I will say that. as the butler and Lars, who is sort of the house manager, but then also they were spies and ex-soldiers. Yes. 
And what yeah. I said immediately was, oh, both of them are Alfred. Right, 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 right. That's Alfred A, Alfred B, yes. And as soon as he left the vineyard and said, I'm leaving you two in charge, I yelled at my screen, no, don't leave them. Take them. They're the best part. I was hoping that, I knew he was going to leave them. I knew that had to happen. But I was hoping that they would show back up later on the show. I will say that. I did miss them. They were so vital and so alive and so well built. Yes. And their characters were so lived in. Yes. That again, even though it's the first season, even though the first season, all again, this is Star Trek tradition, everyone on the spaceship paled in comparison to them to me. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, okay. Yes, they, okay, yeah, they did. There's a moment where they're giving Picard a, a, a basically care package and they're being persnickety and they're talking about the tea. And then I forget which one of the two realizes that some invaders have come into the house. Right. And they immediately snap into soldier mode. Yes. And I said, well, here's the show right here. Yes. This uh, is the show. Like, I need the three of them solving space mysteries. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll show some love to the actors. It's uh, Jamie McShane, who plays uh, Zabin. That is the butler. And then uh, Oriah Brady as Laris plays the, uh, is the person who manages uh, the vineyard and the household. And they both were former members of the Tal Shiar. Which was the Romulan secret police. Yes. So they're sort of, you know, again, Romulan spies and ex-soldiers. But yeah. they also make a great cup of tea. They do. And <laughs> they, they make do. sure that, that Jean-Luc eats. Yes, and they kept him in check. Yes. I will say, I will say, okay, I'll give you, I will give you that, that if the show was just them with Picard, Ida would have been happy. Can you say solving space mysteries? <laughs> sure. Well, you know what? I wouldn't have even needed them to solve space mysteries. They could have just solved mysteries around the vineyard. You know what? (laughs) I didn't want to say anything. I thought that was a step too far. But in my heart, I didn't need him to leave Earth. Right. I really didn't need him to leave. I didn't need him to leave Earth. (laughs) I will give you that. That would have, I would have, I would have, like, for my money, he, he could have just put on a big trench coat and just <laughs> Picard Columbo right. around the vineyard because he already had the dog. Right. So it, it would right. it, it have worked. Can I tell you a secret? Yes. Can I tell you a secret? Matlock, Diagnosis Murder, Murder She Wrote, all of those 80 shows with those old actors solving crimes. I have yeah. a real soft spot for them. Oh, see, I can't go that deep. <laughs> I actually, in my heart, what I really wanted was space diagnosis murder. <laughs> but I know that's me. That's you. 
For the I, I sake of the audience, at some point he has to go into space. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Um, see, John, but, there's trouble at the pub. See, but I, I do. I've always see. I've always had a soft spot for the actress Michelle Hurd, so I would have wanted her to show up. Yes. So. So if, if, if so, if they had just given me them around the vineyard and then Michelle Hurd shows up, then I'm good. But see, again, it just like they just couldn't focus in on the parts of her that I thought were really interesting. Well, I will say, like the whole scene that he that she has with his with her son, I, I liked that. I liked the complication of that. And I even didn't mind the complication of her falling off the wagon. And while you still see her a little shaky, and to be fair, they it's not like they just threw her on the wagon. They seeded that from the beginning, from the first time you see her. Yes, she, absolutely. Definitely heavily drinking. Um, but I felt that they somewhere lost their way with what to do with her. Yes. Um, though I did think that it was interesting to a degree where it lands with her based on the season finale. And we're not going to go there just yet. Right. Um, but there are, there's a seed in the season finale that is like, okay. Last thing about her character that I really, really, really wanted more of, and maybe they'll unpack that as the seasons go on. Mm -hmm. The fact that she calls Picard JL, there's no way on earth Jean-Luc Picard likes that. And yet she does it. Well, Which means there are one of two things. Okay. Either she knows he doesn't like it, mm -hmm. and she does it anyway, Mm. which I think is an interesting character or, or rather it, it's, it's some great potential character exploration mm. or he doesn't tell her that he doesn't like it, which says something interesting about their relationship. Oh, I, I see. I agree with you. I don't think he likes it. I think it's, one of those things that because the the one thing you also get with them is that there is definitely you know there's history it probably potentially um as much history with her as he maybe had with Riker you know, depending on the depending on how long she was directly under him so I think uh and and some might say and so I, I think that that he doesn't like it, but I think it's one of those things that you begrudgingly accept, one, because, you know, this is somebody who you are, you're working with, you have a close relationship with, and you're, and you're looking to develop that relationship. Two, you're especially looking to develop this relationship coming on the other side of Enterprise and where Enterprise, remember, uh, Next Generation ended with, and I'm, admittedly, I'm thinking all the way back to the show, but when he, on the final episode of that, Picard shows up at the poker game. Yes. And, and he talks about how I should have done this so long ago. Yeah. And 
throughout the course of all of their films, there were attempts to show him loosening up around the crew. Not but so much because he's still- No, 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 you're right, you're right. So, so you think that this is a different dynamic. Right, so this is a different dynamic that he is learning to, you know, what you know, uh, accept that, you know, okay, I have to give in because because it's so much more rewarding if I do. And right. rewarding to the point where they're probably they are definitely now at the point. I think what will happen is that somebody else, somebody else is gonna call him JL and he's gonna check them. Right. Well, either he's gonna check them or she's gonna check them. Check them. Yeah. Right. She's so like, no, that's just me. Point of clarification, in the flashbacks where she is his executive officer. Right. Are they still on the Enterprise? No. No, I don't think she's on the Enterprise. I'm not even sure if if he is like like necessarily captain of a ship anymore. Right. I say that to say because one of the things that people have pointed out over the years about the Enterprise crew, and especially the Enterprise D, Mm-hmm. which is next generation this is the flagship yes which means all of those officers these are the valedictorians yes like these are the creme de la creme right which in a lot of ways to your point about data being the most interesting one with the character arc like the rest of the officers are officers, officers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so the mm-hmm. other thing that I thought was potentially interesting about her character is that she wasn't an enterprise officer. Yeah. So she has room for a little, you know. She's money. a little rougher around the edges. She's a little rougher than, again, Riker, Data, um, LaForge. Like these right. are dudes that got straight A's. Right. But also, also to to that point, just going deep into Star Trek lore, this show is on the other side of Voyager, where you know um, the the whole their whole universe has been turned upside down by everything that Voyager uh, experienced right. over in the Delta Quadrant. Right. So it's. It, it is a a darker place and has been a darker place for for over these years, you know. Right. Um, thus, with the destruction of Romulus, thus with you know uh, synthetic life forms believing like, yo, there's no place for us. We're going to go camp on our own planet, you know. Right. So right. It, the world, it, the universe is a much darker place. So speaking uh, of which, how'd you like Seven of Nine? I actually liked her. I, I, that's another person who I, I have a soft spot for. I was a I was a fan of Voyager. Um, I am a fan of Jerry Ryan. I followed followed her career a little bit on some, certain shows that she went to okay. um, over the years. So um, I was I was intrigued of what they were going to do with her because I know while she does not you know, bemoan her time on Voyager, she also realizes that, you know, uh, what Voyager did for her career, she also knows that she was 
the sex symbol. She was the sexy part of Voyager. Yeah, I was about to say, did she not like Voyager or did she not like the cat suit? Yeah, the cat suit wore on her over the years. Right, I thought it was the cat suit that she really had the problem with. Well, it was the cat suit, but it's also what that represented. You know what I mean? Because I say that to say, like you, and you're a bigger fan of Voyager than I was. I like Seven of Nine more on this show than I did on Voyager, the entirety of Voyager. Oh, okay. okay. I loved her character. Yeah, I liked her a lot. And I loved her little arc. I loved mm-hmm. her as an ex-Borg. I love her in this sort of decentralized universe yeah. as a bounty hunter and a ranger. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, talking about no, 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 keep the camera on her. Mm-hmm. I was way more interested in Seven of Nine. So was I. In her adventures. Yes, and, and now that you brought her up, I I was very interested in her. I liked everything that you did. I liked the, um, the little moment where she does have an opportunity to take control of these Borgs again, basically, uh, yeah. and become like a queen. And I like the little monologue that she has about like, you know, I don't want to do that. Right. Because I know what that is like. And I know, one, I don't want to do that to them. And then two, I don't want to do that to me because I know how tempting that power can be. Absolutely. You know, um, which is when she does it and it goes left, immediately left on her. And she lets out this scream. I felt her pain. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, she struggled with doing this and then for for it to do it. And like it just uh, it actually was a little a little heartbreaking. Um, Yeah. I was also happy to see that she show, she shows up back at the end. Um, oh, yeah. And apparently, it, it, it looks like it's going to stick around. Well, and, and that's what I was going to say. That's why I was so adamant a few moments ago, where I hoped what she really does didn't like was the cat suit. Yeah. And here they let her wear some cargo pants and mm-hmm. a jacket. Yeah. So maybe yeah. she'll stick around. She'll look a little, a little bit more comfortable. And, I mean, and since we're there now... They look like they may have uh, might be the start of a romance. Maybe a start of a romance. Her and uh, Michelle Hurd's character, uh, kind of like uh, I don't know, I don't know. They were kind of uh, they they were they were yeah yeah. Her and Rafi, uh, Michelle Hurd's character, they 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 were sitting there holding hands, looking lovingly in, in each other's eyes. I would I would absolutely love it. If, if they were on. Um, I'll tell you what character I didn't like. Okay, who didn't you like? The, the character that was increasingly getting on my freaking nerves. And I know who this character is, but you go ahead and say it. Is Allison Pill. There it is. Is Dr. Agnes Gerardi, um, who was a, a young doctor working at the Daystrom Institute, who basically knew her way around the around synthetic life forms um <laughs> and she was <laughs> yeah she she bothered me she was a little pollyanna and uh this is why we can't have a youtube channel You can't see this, ladies and gentlemen. Before we turn on, before we turn on the mics, Vince poured himself a drink, 
and said, you have until the end of this drink <laughs> for us to talk about Picard. Vince has just held up his empty glass. <laughs> we know we need to be wrapping this up. He has reached his tolerance level. This ain't the Michelle mission. He has been cut off. He's like, yo. Um, so, in closing. <laughs> in conclusion. Okay. All right, Vince. You got to let me do this because I, I, I told people we'd do it. I do have to read George's email, okay? Yes. All right. But ultimately, you liked it. Ultimately, I liked it. I didn't like it as much uh, as, um, th- th- like, it, CBS All Access has got this whole Star Trek universe starting up. This is not Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Discovery, for me, is still the flagship. Yes. Um, I feel like Star Trek Discovery is a better show. Um, yes. It, it, which is not fair, because Star Trek Discovery is going into its third season. But to your point, every Star Trek show so far has had a rocky season one. I myself believe that Star Trek Discovery, while there were some rocky bits, for the most part, knocked it out the park season one and then continued knocking out home runs in season two. And, you you know, I'll just say this. It was was wonderful seeing Brett Spiner. It was wonderful seeing... um, and Jonathan I did. Frakes. It was nice seeing them. Yeah, it was and nice seeing um, Marina Sirtis. M- Marina Sirtis. But but I do have to say, for a momentous occasion like them, reprising these iconic Star Trek roles, right? I was a bit underwhelmed for how they pulled them out. Like, it didn't seem like it was a big enough deal. Yeah, but I, I like that. I, I like that they didn't, like, you know, put, like, it, it shine the lights on, you know, their return to, to, the, uh, to, the, to, to the universe. I, I, I kind of like that. Here's a question. Ten episodes... Data's dead. Yes. Data's yes. dead. Yes. Ultimately, this se- this season proves to be kind of like a sequel to Star Trek. Nemesis. Okay. So so Data's dead. Let's say same season. That's the MacGuffin dealing with this Data stuff. Right. So so Brett Spiner, same thing. Shows up in a dream the first episode. Shows up in a dream the second episode. Right. The last episode. Right. The Rikers are married. Right. So you have Marina Sirtis and Jonathan Frakes in the same episode, right? Okay. How hard is it to pull out Michael Dorn for an episode? How hard is it to pull out um Joy LeVar Burton? LeVar Burton for an episode mm-hmm. and have the show have an episode each with one of them. Because you don't want to do that, man. You want to do something new. You don't want... You, I mean, it, yes. It, you it, said it yourself, though. Nobody is tuning into Picard for something new. 
Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that at you all. Said, well, you said it wasn't user friendly. You said it wasn't holding a by sense. There's not one single solitary person who watched Picard who was not a hardcore Star Trek fan. That's true. This is not Discovery. No, I, I agree. So why not actually do it? Like, no well, half measures. Like, well, just make the thing and bring them in. Give them because, an episode or two. And Picard bounces between them wherever mm-hmm. they are in their career. Yeah, because, one, then you're not doing it. Then, you, then you're just going on an old folks tour. You know what I mean? And then, one, if you do that in your first season, you shot your entire load. True. Um, now, that's true. Uh, so you, you want to space it out. You want it to be, like, story-driven. Um, two, like I said, you want to do something else. You want to explore something else with this character primarily because it is Picard. Now you wrap up Brent Spiner in there, but you use Brent Spiner in the conclusion of Data's story as a way of offering commentary on Picard's story and giving you a real big twist at the end, which we haven't even spoken about yet. Um, But you're trying, you're trying to do something else. You know that people are out there. They're looking. They're looking for a moment where you can stick uh, Jordy and Worf um, and and whomever. You know, even probably see if you can't get Colmini to come in. Right. Um, but and, and of course, and of course, that means that you've got to have Crusher. So, so people are, are like counting down who they're going to, especially Crusher, because. It's canon that they were married. Right. So, um, but you don't want to shoot your whole load. You want to do something different. Um, and, and, and and they did try to do something different. I uh, That's why I ultimately did enjoy it. I enjoyed the commentary on this is not the next generation. We're going to give you little seeds of it to make you happy. Uh, we're going to give you little seeds of the Star Trek universe as you've known it before, but we are going to take this someplace else. We're it, also because what I think Discovery um, is learning to work its way through the world of science fiction television has grown. Yeah. Not only not only in its aesthetic, not only in its storytelling capabilities and the stories that it wants to tell, but in its in um, in its meaning. And while you want to pay homage to what got you there, which is, is Star Trek and the universe that was built on the shoulders of Gene Roddenberry, you have to mix in some of what people are expecting today, you know, what people are actually tuning into when they, what they expect when they go to shows like The Expanse and Altered Carbon and all of those other shows. You want to give them a little bit of that. And that's what Picard is, is trying to, to do. And I think, I think they're, they succeeded. Okay. For the, for the most part. Right. I'll definitely be watching next year. Yeah, I mean, but speaking about that, real quick, 
how did how did you feel about where it lands? And now this is a spoiler for you, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't watch the season finale, where it lands that not only do, do we have the end of uh, Data's story, we to a degree have the end of Picard's story because he does in fact die in the season finale, only to have his his essence more or less put into a synthetic life form. I didn't like it. There were no stakes whatsoever. You like, not for one moment did anyone think that Picard was going to die. And for them to bring him back exactly like he was, I, I just I just felt like they wasted everybody's time for 30 minutes. Okay. You I mean, I, I didn't shed a tear when Picard died because the second I saw the golem, as they were calling, like, the synthetic, like, body that they were working on. I was like, oh, right. that, that's where they're going to put the card. I, I saw I saw that happening. Right. Um, but I will say that I was tearful with the conclusion of Data's story. Yeah, that was very well done. That was very, that was very, very well done. Very well done. And, and I have to say, again, I know Brett Spiner was always towards you know, during the nemesis period and beyond a a bit vocal about a, his getting older Mm -hmm. B putting that basically spray paint on that. He didn't really like it like that. Right. So for them to pull him out to do this, I gave him a lot of credit for, you know, having this um, very poetic end for the character. Yeah. Me too. Me too. But, but yeah, the Picard thing, oh, he died, or no, he's not really dead, and now he's in something that looks just like Patrick Stewart. Like, I would have liked it if Data went hard and, like, Picard woke up and it was Tom Hardy. (laughs) That would have been that would have been kind of cool. And then he but then there's something wrong and he just all of a sudden ages into Patrick Stewart. Or, for like two seasons, it's just Tom Hardy as young Picard. They can't afford Tom Hardy. I know. They, I know. The, the, the budget, the budget ain't that big. All right, it's just a it's just a bald head white guy. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bald head white guy. George Kimona wrote us an email and shared his thoughts on Star Trek Picard. He begins. So I'm kind of I'm kind of a mixed bag about Picard on several levels. I like the fan service as it wasn't a full on hammer to your head, just quick nods here and there. I didn't like that now, like my Star Wars books, the past 15 years of reading are out the window and there were a bunch of cool things that got swept away. And I know Len doesn't care about the books, but the books were the eighth seasons of all the TNG era shows. No, they weren't. They were books. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Thus the difference between a television show and a book. I love the fact, he continues, that behind the scenes, folks of color are in the room making decisions. I didn't like the folks of color on screen being alcoholic junkies. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. But I, I, you know why I didn't, I didn't mind that? Why? Because another reason why I didn't mind it, because it was a, a black woman in Star Trek being shown as a little bit more complicated. Okay. Than being like either 
you Guinan, who is like this, you know, ethereal creature. Yes. Or is just a black woman. Right. Someone also mentioned in the first episode, and I did notice it, they killed two black male aliens. Yes, they did. Okay. Well, anyway, (laughs) can't all be women. Um, George continues, my biggest problem with the final episode was that they set up this premise of Picard dying, but don't really show it until the very end and really ruined the suspense by off air talking and promoting season two before we're done here. I did love Data's story, a nice quiet epilogue to send him off. The acting for the most part was solid all around. I dug these characters rallying behind Picard. The EMHs were fun to watch and it was cool seeing Seven do her thing. All in all, the ending was very Star Trekky, solving the problem by reasoning with someone. I wonder what next season's problem will be. More importantly, can we get back to Burnham and her fine self? Peace <laughs> and long life, George Kamona. All right. Well, I agree with him. And and um, I didn't. While I didn't necessarily like Riker, all of all of a sudden showing up, like heading a ship, you know, like. You know, that felt a little false to me. I didn't mind that they kind of like talked it out. No, no, not at all. I didn't mind it. I guess it it had to be Riker for it to have like some kind of like real impact. You can't bring really bring in another character at that moment. Right, right. Um, And Picard is past that, that. that moment, because I like that a lot of people were like calling Picard on his on his stuff. Like when he was talking about, I will get softly to listen to me, and dude was like, No, he won't. They exactly. didn't listen to him before. Right, right. So I did like that. I did like that. So all in all, I think you know I agree that it's a mixed bag, but I I liked it apparently a lot more than you. Yes, I'd give it a B minus. See, I'd give, I'd, I'd probably give it a, I give it a good B. Okay, yeah. so we're not that far off. We're not that far off. Yeah. We're, not off. we're looking forward to it, but we can't wait to Star Trek Discovery. Well, yeah, and that seems, see, see, now we got something to work with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think, uh, I'm, I have a couple of things that I have to do, and then I'm going to burn through season two of Star Trek again. This All is right. Discover, Discovery again. All right, sounds okay. like a plan. Catch myself up. Well, this has been fun, Vince. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, and uh, maybe sometime we'll get together again to once again talk about things Star Trek. It's the Ponfar of Michelle Mission episodes. Yeah, we still haven't done this whole review of the cartoon. Remember you wanted no, to no, do no, that, we'll Vince? We'll yeah. get to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, right Right after we review Meteor Man on the Michelle <laughs> Mission. <laughs> exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you like this uh, little special uh, Spock-adjacent Star Trek Picard review. Um, it was fun. Enjoy it. It's on It's on the feed. Start uh, Spock-adjacent will come back. You know, we'll, we'll get together. I, I, I'll sit Vince down. Okay. Uh, and we'll talk Star, talk Star Trek. You would think I'm the one that had to drink. Um, <laughs> until then... 
He's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting, we say. Life, oh, oh, I forgot. No, it's been that long. Life in good health, I forgot the rest. <laughs> it's been that long. <laughs> you told him. We'll just say live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>